Welcome back to another episode of Conversations on the Creek, the Dr. Creek podcast where we interview thought leaders about how the latest insure tech is transforming the PNC insurance industry. Whether you work in underwriting, sales and marketing, claims, or an insurer's IT department, in each episode, we uncover the insights you need to reimagine the future of insurance. I'm Rob Savitsky, and in today's episode, we're so pumped to be joined by my colleague, Dan Katz, Senior Director of Product Management at Duck Creek, as well as Sully McConnell, Head of Insurance at Snowflake, who share their perspectives on the role of data and analytics to drive better decisions across the insurance lifecycle. A quick word on Snowflake. Snowflake enables every organization to mobilize their data with Snowflake's Data Cloud. The Snowflake Data Cloud and Microsoft Power BI underpin our new data management, reporting, and analytics platform, Duck Creek Clarity. Learn more about Clarity and our partnership with Snowflake by visiting duckcreek.com slash product slash Clarity. With that now all out of the way, Dan, Sully, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing extremely well. Thank you. It's great to be here. Same. It's a... Uh... It's a Monday, which is, it's, I love Mondays. Lots, lots happening on Mondays. We got the full week ahead and a full set of questions ahead. So let's, let's jump right into it. So, um, you know, awesome to have both of you experts in, in, in data domains on, on the show today. Why don't, you know, to start off, why don't you both tell us what are you guys both up to in your current roles at Snowflake and Duck Creek? And Dan, why don't we start with you? Sure. So um, I am on the product side of things. I have a number of teams and focuses at Creek, but a lot of my days I'm focusing on data, both data sciences, data services, and data strategy. So I have teams uh, that are working on machine learning, as well as our new Clarity product, which focuses on being a data source and being, you know, our goal is to be the center of our insurer's data universe. Awesome. Thank you, Dan and Sally. Uh, I joined Snowflake maybe 15 months ago now from from industry. So I was at several of the carriers running their data and analytics organizations, most recently at the Hartford, uh, where I was the chief data officer there for four plus years. The role at Snowflake is uh, 100% dedicated to helping, I'll say the insurance ecosystem, that's um, both property and casualty and life and annuities organizations. And, and by ecosystem, I, I guess I mean the carriers, brokers, reinsurers, uh, third-party data providers and platform suppliers uh, like Duck Creek um, help those organizations receive the most value out of their Snowflake implementation. And I would say more and more to help the ecosystem leverage uh, some of the fantastic collabor- collaboration capabilities that Snowflake has developed. And, I, and I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk a little bit more about that. Awesome. Well, yeah, great to have both of you on again, as I said before. So. Sully, first question I'm going to throw to you. Obviously, you're coming from a long uh, history in the industry, and us in the industry have always talked about how data being the lifeblood of an insurance company. Uh, That being said, we're in 2023. Uh, Why is it more important than ever for carriers to be thinking about their enterprise data strategies right now? Uh, That's a fantastic question. I I think when I, again, looking back over, well, 20 plus years now, uh, building data platforms and, and running data organizations. You, at any point in time, you, but, but more recently, you could find studies which um, would look at different dimensions of data and analytics maturity within an organizations. Um, and so, you know, it would typically go something like you define a, a dimension of, of analytics maturity or data maturity, and that might involve the implementation of technology or, or your data strategy. Um, 
or the people and the people skills and and organizations and a third typically a third party organization might come in and and evaluate your maturity and what i think people learned is those organizations that were more mature with many of those dimensions of data and analytics outperform their peer groups by a wide margin and i think now most if not all organizations have um uh the the this idea of competing on data and analytics as part of their competitive differentiation having a strong data strategy is the foundation for developing quicker more accurate more informed insights whether that's anything from the traditional retrospective reporting to the more sophisticated implementations of ai and ml or gen ai um why maybe more important now than ever uh, i guess maybe perhaps it's due to some of the big industry headwinds where organizations are trying to leverage data and analytics to help them manage those headwinds maybe it's some of the just the acceleration and the pace of the change right with respect to technology and and what it can do and how it can help you but but clearly it is top of mind for the industry right now definitely and you know you mentioned data strategy um uh, I'd love to kind of get your your take and Dan for you to weigh in as well. What what are what are some of the key components that carriers should be thinking about, including in, in both their data strategy and let's say also their, their data governance programs? Uh, uh, sure, I guess uh, I guess uh, I can start. Um, and I and I think there's probably a couple of different dimensions on governance and and uh, governance and strategy. So let me focus on governance for a second, and then and I'd love for Dan to weigh in. Um, one challenge i guess is that if across organizations at least what i what i see um and we have a um a pretty good visibility into i'll say the industry snowflake does we we now have i'll say imminently 14 of the top 16 pnc carriers as customers so, so i think we get good visibility into what's happening quote unquote in the industry if if you look across the industry governance can mean so many different things to different people there's so many dimensions of it if i had to pick maybe key elements of of a, of implementing a successful governance program it would it would probably um executive sponsorship would key, be a key one i think leadership buy-in is is crucial for this idea of promoting a data-driven culture so maybe that's one um i think having clear goals and objectives and implementing a data strategy or, or data governance program would be important. Uh, common ones might include things like data quality improvement or uh, or data security or compliance, or a goal might be to make, ensure making more informed decisions in different domains or different uh, areas of the business. Um, maybe having a framework for governance uh, would be another important uh, consideration and things uh, Areas that might be part of that framework might include like the pol uh, policies or standards or procedures for managing data through through the life cycle of the organization. So um, and that's a couple of, let's say, key dimensions of it. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll pile on like the I, I really focus oftentimes on three key things, access control, accessibility and quality, which solely you know, underscore there as well. You know, the first thing you have a bunch of data and you have a responsibility, you have a responsibility to your customers. And then also, you know, any company that breaks that responsibility loses that trust. I, I feel like trust is everything between a customer and a, and a carrier. Um, so, you know, making sure that the right people have the right access at the right time. I know I'm putting on my security hat a little bit, but 
honestly, like that thing, that's the most important thing, right? For you, you get the data and you have to make sure that the right people have it. But then the right people having it, getting to accessibility, there are so many teams at a carrier that want, or they don't even know they want access to that data and exposing data elements to them and saying, what could you do with this? Or maybe, hey, like we actually did some pre-processing over here and we think that you should be interested in these data elements. Would, you know, it can be game changers to how we, you know, underwrite and evaluate risk to understanding our customers, to understanding new markets to go into, um, and then quality, right? You know, the the quality of the data that's being analyzed is also paramount, which Maselli also talked about. Definitely. Yeah. Let, let's dig in a little bit more on data quality. So I think, you know, most folks, we can agree on that the data, it is a strong, it is the foundation for, for an inch company to do so much more in, in terms of how they put it to work across the organization. Obviously, lots of discussions around AI and generative AI or predictive models. And uh, I'm curious, is which, what's your take? Are, is poor data quality holding back? the efficacy and impact of AI ML, and ML models and in insurance? Yeah, yeah, I think, um, I think that's certainly a risk. Um, you know, if you look at, uh, if you look at the broad cross section of the carriers, they have um, so many transactional systems in such a um, complicated data ecosystem, just driven by the history of, of the, of the industry, right? Just that these organizations have been around a long time and they've implemented many systems. Um, so I think what I've seen in looking again, I'll say across the ecosystem is, is how many organizations now have, um, active interest in data quality monitoring and measuring, uh, measurement platforms, uh, active projects in looking at, uh, everything from defining CDEs, critical data elements in the enterprise so that they can understand the quality of those more. I, I do believe that is largely driven by this idea that um, you know you need to operationalize your your insights I have a, a friend and, and colleague who who laments that um, the the still to this day the majority of the insights that she, she and her data science organization creates for for her leadership is delivered through PowerPoint but but there's an emphasis on changing that right this idea of operationalizing insights is really really important I do believe that is driving a lot of these um, uh, data quality uh, monitoring and measurement uh, platform interest and, and initiatives around that yeah you know it we have like kind of a garbage in garbage out mentality right if data quality is low the amount of um, very uh, the amount of decisions that can be made based on that data is going to be limited. And now, you know, as we enter in like kind of the next level of machine learning and large language models and all this, you know, they're taking millions upon millions or billions and trillions of data points and baking it into models and then it, you know, going over them. And the problem is they're so large that it's not even possible to cherry pick out what's good and what's bad, right? You have to have quality data coming in because it's impossible to catch it to say like you know on the on the other side this was a good evaluation or it wasn't so you know i think that the quality element has to be there from the get-go and you know it it's gonna it's gonna hold back all of the ai and ml adoption in every carrier if we don't focus on data quality sure it's like no matter how great your 
advanced modeling techniques or algorithms are. If, like you said, you're putting the wrong, the wrong or incorrect or incomplete data into them, it's 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 only going to get you so far. Um, as carriers continue to embrace more AI and ML models, especially like in terms of pricing and other use cases, Dan, what what would you say are some of the um, the ways or issues that let's say the issues that insurers should be aware of uh, when it comes to data privacy and, and making sure that they're set up for success to meet regulations? I think that the the most important thing is to remember that we're actually interfacing with humans, right? And these humans have needs and wants and you know they are different across the industry but you know regulators are creating these rules based on real human factors right like things like the right to be forgotten things like you know not using potentially biased data sets against them for purposes of rating um so you know when, when thinking about privacy regulations really having that be like a privacy by design model when you're building out your systems i think that's really the a core hallmark of like a good mature data strategy saying like, we know that we can't just have everything like all the data. And then we also know that we need to use it responsibly. So, you know, it's almost, it's very similar to the data quality discussion where you want to have those things up in the front so that everything below it, you allow your other teams and the other team members and your other evaluative models to then process on it without care without regard because the data in the playground is kind of free to use with exceptions. I think part of that like classification and categorization does mean that certain pieces of data should be higher levels of sensitivity, but at least you have it all there. And you also have a method of make sure that you're able to extract data where it's necessarily, where it's necessary, remove data where it's necessary and mask and data where it's necessary. Sure. So it sounds like really opting in and making sure you're getting that consent is is a key thing. And um, this actually came up at a, a panel discussion I was listening in on at ITC this past week, and it was around telematics and the use of just making sure you know there's this auto insurer, excuse me, auto manufacturer looking to share their data across broadly with uh, you know a swath of insurers. And there was a lot of discussion around ensuring that their their customers are, are opted in and have have given those permissions. So I think what you're saying is very very in line with that and thinking about it throughout, throughout all aspects of how you, you plan to use the data. Um, so like turn, turning back to you and, and maybe some of your, your industry experience to rely on, as we look at the insurance lifecycle, um, and you're talking a little bit about a maturity of data earlier on, uh, I guess I'm curious if we look at the insurance lifecycle from product development, underwriting, pricing, marketing, distribution, claims, billing, where do you feel like insurers have demonstrated the highest level of maturity in terms of leveraging their data to make better decisions? Um, that is a really good question. I, it, and I would say hard to generalize, but if you if you look at the big common investment themes in the industry, I think that, that probably tells a story. And so um, per, perhaps with, with, again, some of the headwinds that the indus, industry is seeing with inflation and supply chain issues and climate change, like all, all putting pressures on, on loss costs, um, you can see organizations focus on removing cost and waste from their business processes, right? So they made investments in applying analytics to the claims workflows, uh, claim triage, straight through processing, outlier detection, fraud detection, all of that. So maybe that's one big theme. Um, I think thematically organizations 
have more and more been able to leverage a broad, robust set of third-party data to build these, you know, tr tremendously broad profiles of either individuals or or commercial businesses, right? In case of commercial insurance, and have used these broad profiles to much better inform um, pricing and risk selection decisions. So that's may maybe this big thematic third-party data applied to the underwriting process, um, and then maybe on the customer side is another big third area. Uh, like some of these uh, pushes towards um, digital transformation, like the digital transformation initiatives have have led to these investments in creating um, more holistic customer domains. And I think organizations are getting better at understanding all of the data about a customer, all of the interactions across all of the channels, helping to understand and and in some cases shape much better shape those customer journeys. And I think that, that whole customer journey analytics and, and the customer domain is maybe another third big theme. And, and uh, you know, it's uh, mature, mature, it's probably safer to say that the industry is maturing across all of those themes than to say they're mature. Cause I, I do think things are changing so quickly in, in terms of the ability, uh, the, the, the capabilities that, um, uh, that the insurers can bring to bear on those problems that uh, that it will be an ever maturing sort of path that organizations go down, I think, for the next, you know, whatever, three to five years or more. Sure. Dan, I see you nodding your head. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree with everything. I think of the underwriting scene, um, you know, geospatial catastrophe modeling, weather, other kinds of cats like, like wildfires and whatnot. I think a, a lot of insurers are getting very, very sophisticated and spreading out risk and making sure that, you know, they're not, let's say, riding a whole neighborhood in a high, you know, risk area, but rather being able to sprinkle out risk throughout an area so that they are protecting themselves, but also able to satisfy the customer needs. And then the other place where I see a lot of maturity happening very quickly is tools for, for claims handling, like straight through processing, again, a very, very common theme. Um, making tools for claims handlers to better interact and interface with the customer are you know, major areas where, you know, how can AI, ML, large language models, like how can, how can generative AI help augment a claims handler to do more with their time and ultimately yield out better results? Sure. Yeah, I know. Great, great points from both of you. Um, as we look at maturity, uh, we'd love to shift gears and, and look more forward looking. So. Obviously, a lot of, um, I think, you know, strong results from carriers who have put the emphasis, as you said, across claims, across customer experience, across pricing and underwriting. Um, if we look to 2030, though, and we get back to the initial point you were making, Sully, around top performing carriers and, and using data and, and how important that is to them. By 2030, how do you feel the top performing carriers uh, will have done in terms of how they've invested in data, analytics technologies? data governance uh, and talent, talent development? What, what, what would they have achieved or accomplished or set in place uh, by the year 2030? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I certainly think um, given everything happening right now with uh, AI, ML and Gen AI, um, there are tremendous, tremendous opportunities for um, for the ecosystem to take enormous cost and waste out of the system. I think that's the big opportunity. I think everyone appreciates it. It's going to be a journey, um, right? This is going to, there's a, a ton of complexity here, I, I imagine. And 
Um, and I know Snowflake's goal is to make that um, that complexity simple or simpler and, and really help um, uh, the, the ecosystem leverage all of these capabilities to solve real business problems in, in material ways. Um, to, to me, the, the and, and I think we've all, like Gen AI has captured the attention of the industry in a way that I have not seen anything capture our attention in cer certainly in, in whatever my, my business experience. And I do think um, uh, it has the opportunity to change things dramatically. The, the organizations that in 2030 that I think um, are, will, are, are most successful will be the ones that build a strong data foundation, govern, right? Because this is the old, uh, you need good input to get good output. So we'll build a strong data foundation. We'll govern it well. We'll, um, uh, this is all opinion now. We'll uh, leverage AI and ML across um, numerous business use cases, numerous functions, numerous product lines, um, if not all. Uh, and um, we'll, uh, create an e create an environment right where they can apply these large language models and AI ML to their secure data in a way that doesn't um, doesn't uh, take their privacy protected and sens sensitive information and expose it. And organizations who build that foundation and prepare for that, I think, are going to do extremely well, and and we'll have implemented that in um, broad numbers of use cases by 2030. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, what you're saying is uh, carriers are going to be going well beyond the basics by that point, really living into Gen AI and not just kind of testing or dabbling in things, but really will have adopted and found what works and what doesn't and are iterating across different areas, of the different lines of the business and different different use cases. So I think that's all very exciting stuff to say. But like we we're saying before, it all starts with getting getting the right data foundation in place, getting that in a row. And, and that, that's what really puts you on the path to be able to do the really fun and exciting things that, that you know, we all love to dream about in insurance. Um, so uh, before we wrap up here, Dan, Sully, any other thoughts you'd like to add? Uh, I'll go first, you know, don't be afraid of the Gen AI slash be very afraid of the generative <laughs> AI, right? Um, you know, I think every company is is leaping forward, and I think we all need to because this is a technology that needs to be embraced. That is the future, and it is developing at such a rapid pace that to not embrace that would be foolish. And you know, when thinking about things like hallucinogenic responses, or you know, like Gen AI saying things that aren't correct, we need to use it responsibly and in the right places, and training it on the right sources of data. And you know it's not the answer right now for everything. So using the right AI and ML tools for the right problems. But you know I think over you know kind of going back into the last thing, but like the 2030, I think we're about to see two different renaissances of data and like Gen AI and ML, where you know there's going to be a lot of emphasis on getting tools out there. Some tools will make it, some won't, and then we'll see another wave. But the thing that will stay steady is that data governance, data quality, data availability, because that's the foundation for making everything work. You got to have those fundamentals and, and, and you know, embrace, embrace the new things, learn the new things uh, as much as you can along the way, but get the right processes in place and, and commitment and you'll, you'll be ready for it. Sully, final, final thoughts. Final of thoughts. Or yeah. um, for our listeners. I, 
Yeah, this will this will be a little snowflake centric. We we believe that this uh, this idea of a single copy of data that you can bring any and all of your workloads to the data data engineering workloads, BI dashboard scorecard workloads, analytics workloads, AIML workloads, single copy of data, manage a set of sensitive information, privacy protected information once, bring your LLM workloads to that data. We think that wins in the end. We think organizations should be building a solid foundation where they can have a single copy of data and they can leverage it for any and all of their uh, analytical purposes for the enterprise. Um, and, you know, so we would just encourage organizations to start thinking about that foundation if they haven't started already or, or better act on it if they have already started. Because um, that'll be key to, our, in our opinion, again, competitive differentiation moving forward. Sure. Well, appreciate the perspective and, and appreciate the time. Uh, Sully, we're, we're excited to be partnering with you uh, on, you know, Duck Creek Clarity. And Dan, thank you as always for, for joining the show. Gentlemen, it's been a good one. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Sully and Dan. And thank you all for listening today. As we mentioned earlier, our new data management, reporting, and analytics platform, Duckery Clarity, which is built on top of the Snowflake Data Cloud and optimized for Microsoft Power BI, is now available. Learn more about Clarity in our partnership with Snowflake by visiting duckcreek.com slash product slash Clarity. Finally, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out all of our other episodes and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify by visiting duckreek.com slash podcasts. I'm Rob Savitsky, and we'll see you in the next episode.